Hello Church family and welcome to Christ Fellowship Online. My name is Jeannie Rodriguez and I want to thank you for joining us. If this is your first time, I want to invite you to pause the broadcast and visit cfmiami.org connect to fill out a connection card. This helps us connect with you and know how we can best serve you during this season. And now, a special message by Pastor Omar. There's the word of the Lord. It says, so continue to what? To work out your salvation with fear and with trembling. And then 1 Peter chapter 2 says this, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may what? Grow up in your salvation. So work out your salvation and grow up in your salvation. That is the word of the Lord. You can go ahead and take a seat. Let me just stop and uh, start off by sharing a, a quick story with you. Uh, to begin with, as many of you know, uh, I've been married now for about a year and a, and a half to my beautiful wife, Ashley. In fact, I think I have a picture of her right here. There she is, my beautiful wife. And man, we've been, uh, it's been a great year so far. We've been, we've traveled and done stuff together and grown closer together. So it's been amazing uh, up to this point. And uh, recently we got some news that we wanted to share with our church family, uh, but we're going to let our, our Yorkie Oliver give the news. In fact, he's wearing a, a t-shirt that gives the news. He is being promoted to big brother, which uh, that's right. So we're excited to, to announce that we're expecting our first uh, child in, in January. Very, we're very happy. And the big question that we've been getting so far is, so is it a boy or is it a girl, right? And so at first we thought it's going to be a boy. Then we're like, ah, it's going to be a girl. And then now we have a feeling it's going to be a boy. But just a couple of weeks ago we did our, the gender reveal party, right, where you reveal the gender of the baby. And uh, we did those big poppers, you know, that, you know, they spew confetti out. And if it's blue, it's, uh, it's a baby boy. If it's pinkish, purplish, it's a baby girl. And uh, I have a video of, of that gender real party. Check this out. There we go. It's going to be a girl. Take a look at my wife. She covers her face like, oh my gosh, I know what's coming to you right there. There we go. So uh, we're, we're super excited. I'm, 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 get, I'm ready to put on those big, you know, dresses and the big bows. And as you can imagine, at, at home, we're in full baby mode, getting ready to meet our, our sweet little girl. But you know, as I, as I reflect back on the first time that we went to the doctor and we saw that sonogram, I remember when we were in the doctor and we were seeing that and there should be coming up a video of the sonogram soon. There we go. And this is the first time we ever saw her. There she is waving her little hands. Hello. 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 And as we were watching this and when the doctor put the sensor right over her little heart and we heard that heartbeat. And family, the moment that I knew that there was biological life, there was something that happened in me. Because from that moment on, my biggest concern as a parent is that our baby was growing and developing properly. In fact, leading up to every single doctor's appointment, me and my wife have a nervous anticipation before we see the sonogram, right? Because we're going to see how the baby's developing. But every time we see it, we see her and we hear the heartbeat again, 
is that we get a, whew, all right, sigh of relief. Why? Because we see that she's growing and developing properly. And as parents, you know that at birth, it just continues on, right? Because when they're a little baby, you want them to be eating right and, and growing and then them kind of, you know, um, you know, crawling at the right moment and, and taking the, their steps when they're supposed to and saying the right words in the right time. And, you know, even when you take them to kindergarten, right, you want them to be growing emotionally too, right? You want, you're seeing how they're relating to other kids and you're making sure that they're growing and developing. And so from the, from the, from the cradle to college, right, a parent's primary concern is that their child is growing properly. Now, family, let me just turn the corner and bring that over to our teaching for today. Because just like when I realized that there was biological life and my primary concern was the growth and development of our baby, family, what a picture of our Heavenly Father. Because the moment that he saw that there was spiritual life in you, his primary concern for you is that you will be growing and developing. In fact, I really believe that God has given us the ability to have children so that we could better understand the care and the concern that he has for you and for me as his children. In fact, the big idea for today is this. The, the, my proposition for today is this, is that God desires his children to grow proper, to, to, to grow spiritually. In other words, he wants you to mature in your walk with him. Now, you may be wondering, well, pastor, how can I grow spiritually? How do I mature in my walk with the Lord? Well, we're going to find out from Philippians chapter 2, all right? So if you have your Bibles, turn to Philippians chapter 2. And if you have your handouts at all of our campuses, let's wave them in the air. There we go. We're a note-taking church. We love taking uh, notes. And so with that in mind, I have three thoughts for you about how to grow spiritually. And here's point number one. We grow spiritually when we put forth effort. We grow spiritually when we put forth effort. In fact, listen to how the Apostle Paul starts off. In Philippians chapter 2, it says this. It says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to what? To work out your salvation. Now, family, pause right there. Go ahead and circle the word workout in your Bibles right here, just that word right there. Circle work right there in your Bibles or your handouts. Because the word for work in the original Greek text, you know, we always say the Bible was first written in Greek and Hebrew and then translated into different languages. But the word for work here is the Greek word katizergomai. Katizergomai. In fact, can we have some fun this morning? Let's all say katizergomai together. Ready? Katizergomai. Now, the word katazergomai simply means to put forth effort, specifically physical effort. And this effort is not just aimless effort, but effort that is geared to obtaining a specific desired result. And so what the Apostle Paul here is saying 
is that whether, whether you're going through a good season in your life or a difficult season in your life, make sure that you don't stop working out your salvation. Now, family, when we read this verse, it is important to point out that the Apostle Paul here is not referring to something, to putting forth effort in order to obtain salvation. He's not saying that. Notice, he, he doesn't say continue to work for your salvation. He doesn't say that. He says work out your salvation. You know, the Bible is, is very clear that the way that we are able to to obtain salvation, right, have a relationship with God, is not by our good works, right? It's not by church attendance. It's not by our good deeds. It's not by living a moral life. Listen, that does not obtain and give you a relationship with God. Scripture is very clear that the only way to have a relationship with Christ is to put your faith and trust in Him. And the and when you put your faith and your trust in Christ, the Bible says that he forgives you of your sins. He then adopts you as a son or a daughter. And then he puts his Holy Spirit inside of you. And he gives you spiritual life. And now that you have spiritual life, right, after putting your faith in Christ, now... You are to grow or work out your salvation, right? You are supposed to now, you, you know, get a better understanding of God's word, you know, right? Walk in obedience, overcome certain things, certain sins in your life. And so we're supposed to work out our salvation or, you know, which is a vernacular used in this, in this verse is to work out, to grow in your walk with the Lord. But family, as you are putting forth effort, as we put forth effort in our spiritual life, it's important to remember that, listen, if you're taking notes, small letter A, we should be fearful of not putting forth enough effort. We should be fearful of not putting forth enough effort. In fact, listen to what it says next in the verse. It says, so continue to work out your salvation with fear and what? And trembling. Everyone say, fear and trembling. Fear. fear and trembling. Well, that phrase for fear and trembling, it's actually a very common phrase used in that era because it was used to describe someone who was anxious and fearful that they didn't do enough to meet certain requirements. In other words, they knew they put a lot of effort into something, but they just didn't know if it was enough. And so they used the term fear and, and trembling. And folks, unfortunately, I have experienced what the phrase fear and trembling is trying to capture. I've been anxious about whether or not I did enough to meet the requirements of something. You know, many of you may not know this, but about 10 years ago, I graduated from law school from the University of Miami. And so right after I graduated, okay, yeah, we can, we can clap. That's what we're trying to clap. We can clap. All right. Thank you. Um, and so right after you graduate, the next step of a law student is to take the bar exam. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with what that is, the bar exam is, a state, is, is, a, is, a, is a, an exam administered by the state of Florida 
that only if you pass it are you allowed to practice law in the state. So pretty big test. And, you know, it's a monster test, about two days long, uh, 16 hours long. And so for months leading up to that exam, I would spend six days a week, 10 hours a day studying for this. I mean, my only time that I would take a break would be for lunch to go to Chipotle, get something to eat, and come back. I mean, that was my only break. And so after months and months of studying, the day came that I had to take my test, that test. And so we all drove to Tampa. That's where the, 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 the test is given. And I remember just the feeling, there was, an, there was an air of fear and trembling in that convention center. In fact, I remember there was a, a girl standing next to me in line about to take the test. She was so anxious. She was like sucking down cigarettes. She was like, and studying. She was like, and then studying and... And she was just, just so anxious, and I remember that she just kept smoking and, and studying, and right before we went in, there was a, a garbage can. She threw away her cigarette pack. She threw away her nose, and she went inside to take the test. And so I will never forget that picture, but it just gives you a glimpse, right, of the fear and trembling. And you would think that after taking this two-day test, everything will be like, whew, it got worse. It got worse because now... You have no clue whether you passed or failed. And so after a couple of weeks, I was already working here at Christ Fellowship, and I was in my office. I was about to leave for the day. And before I left, I opened up my email, and I saw an email from the state of Florida bar results. And my finger feared and trembled. <laughs> it, was just, it was just fearing and trembled as I opened up that email. But by the grace of God, I passed the test, so, man, but thank God. And, man, I remember that when I saw the word passed, I threw, I literally, I've never done this before, but I threw myself on the floor by myself in my office, face floor, and I just thank God that I had passed. But, you know, as I reflect on that, uh, on, on that process of me taking that test and waiting for the result, you know, I had to ask myself, as a believer in Christ, do, do you, Omar, do you put that much concern for your spiritual life as you do for that, for that bar exam? You know, it's easy for you and I to worry and to be concerned about things that ultimately do not matter, things that are temporal whether it's finances or a career or an issue going on, we could get so consumed about things in our life that ultimately are temporal and do not matter for, the, for eternity. But, but for the things that do matter, that will last for an eternity like our spiritual life, we don't put forth the effort that we should and so, family, listen, it's clear from this passage, man, that we are to put forth effort, right? But as we put forth effort, as we, as, we, as we work in our spiritual life, it's important for us to remember this. If you're taking notes, big number two is that we grow spiritually only when God works in us. We grow spiritually only when God works in us. In fact, listen to what the Apostle Paul says next in that verse. 
It says, so continue to work out, right, katazergomai, your salvation with fear and trembling. We learn what that means. For it is who? It is God who works in you. Now, family, just pause right there. Let's, let's look at that verse. Because it is interesting that right after Paul is encouraging us to work out our salvation and that we should be fearful if we don't put enough effort, then he quickly reminds us, listen, that it is God who works in you. In fact, listen, circle the word here for works. Circle the, sec- the, the second works. Because as opposed to the first word for work, which is katazergomai, right, to put forth physical effort, the second word for works in the Greek is the word enerheo, enerheo, which sounds like the word that we get what? Energy from, right? Which you're exactly right. In fact, that word means to provide energy for another, to provide energy for another. So family, here is what I want us to grasp at all campuses is that any spiritual growth that you and I experience in our life, whether it's understanding God's word, walking in obedience, doing righteous things, overcoming sin in our life, none of it is because of you, but all of it is because of God. In fact, if you're taking notes, listen, our spiritual growth, is solely, solely a work of God. In other words, when you get to heaven and you meet your Lord and you're standing right in front of him and you reflect with him on your life, how you grew spiritually in your life, you will quickly realize that any spiritual growth that you experienced was not due to how good you were how determined you were, but rather it was because of the grace of God. Listen, in that day, you are going to get no glory, we will get no glory, and he will get all of the glory. Amen, family? And so when we get there, we'll see that that our growth is a work of God. In fact, listen to what Hebrews 13 says because it's it's a real special verse that kind of talk deals with this specific issue. Listen to what it says. It says, now may the who? May the God of peace, right, your heavenly Father, equip you with everything good that you may do his will. What's the next word? Working in us that which is pleasing in his sight. Now, family, this is an amazing verse. A profound truth is given here. Because don't miss this. Your heavenly father, number one, he first equips you with everything that you need to do his will. So whatever you need to do his will, listen, your heavenly father equips you with everything you need. And then he says, and he is working in us that which is pleasing in his sight. Which family, listen, I don't know how to fully explain, but here's what that verse is trying to tell us. That anything that you have ever done in your life that is pleasing to God, it's all because ultimately God worked in you and through you. What an amazing truth, right? 
He works in us so that we could live a pleasing life unto him. We have an amazing God, don't we? Amen. Now, when some of you may be sitting here, maybe thinking, wait a second, Pastor. I'm a little confused. Because I was tracking with you, but now I, I'm not too sure where I'm at. Because at first, you spent a good portion of your time talking about how we got to put forth effort and we need to be fearful if we don't put enough effort. But now you switch gears and now you're, you're, you're talking about how it is ultimately God who works in us. That our growth is solely a work of God. So which is it? Is it that we put forth effort, right? Is it up to us? Is it because of us? Or is it because of God? Because, Pastor, there's an apparent contradiction here. And family, it's good that you feel that tension. But, but this contradiction, this apparent contradiction, is resolved very easily. In fact, if you're taking notes, big number three. We grow spiritually when we position ourselves to be transformed by God. We grow spiritually when we position ourselves to be transformed by God. And so here's how it works, right? Here's how it works. You know, you have to put, as a believer, you have to put forth effort. And yes, be fearful if you're not putting in enough effort. But the effort is towards positioning yourself in a place where God could then come and work in your life. But family, don't miss this. Because it is your responsibility and my responsibility to put forth the effort to position ourselves in a place where God could work in our life. You know, when, we're, when, we, when we talk about spiritual growth, oftentimes it's easy for us to see spiritual growth like going to the gym, right? You know, you, you know how it is. You know, you wake up in the morning Right, and you are tired early morning, and you're groggy, but you force yourself to go to the gym. So you're like, all right, you're forcing yourself, and you get to that gym, and you start picking up, you know, dumbbells or you know weights, and you start pumping and doing things, and you start sweating and grunting and doing all these things. And so, the way that we grow our physical muscle is the more effort, physical effort, the more we grow, and that's kind of what we apply now to our spiritual life, right? Because many people see our spiritual growth in the same way, right? Like we wake up on a, on a Sunday morning and we force ourselves to go to church. We're tired. We put on their clothes and we walk to church, get the kids and all right, we're here. We're at church and all right, now I got to do things to overcome sin and to do all these things. But family, that is not the picture that God, I think, that God wants us to have of, of our spiritual growth. He doesn't want us to see our spiritual growth like a gym, but rather more like a waterfall, like a waterfall. And here's what I mean by that. Just a couple of weeks ago, um, our staff went on a little trip, and during some downtime, we decided to get in the pool. And in that pool, there was a beautiful waterfall, beautiful, big, beautiful waterfall. And so what's interesting is that all of us, you know, we're all stressed out from ministry life, right? We're all tense up here. And, but none of us have enough money to go to the fancy spa, right? Who has money for that? So what's the next best option? Let's get under the waterfall. Let's get a little free massage under the water, right? 
And so then people would just kind of make their way, and even little ones, right, would get in there, and they would just get in the water and get relaxed, and then they would swim away, right? In fact, I think I have a, a picture. Do we have a picture? There we go. We have a picture of, of us under the waterfall. That is me right there. That's Pastor Carlos trying to flex, trying to flex right there. And then it's Louis Sebaste from the West Kendall campus. But you know what's interesting? As we were just kind of hanging out there and looking at this whole thing, it's interesting that no matter how much someone wanted to get a free massage from that waterfall, unless they got in that water and swam to that waterfall, they were not going to experience it, right? But if they did get in that water and swam and made that effort and got there, they would experience what the waterfall does best. Just let the water fall down on your neck and back, and you experience that, 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 that good feeling. And family, it's clear where I'm going with this. It's clear. Because it doesn't matter how much you say that you want to grow spiritually. You can put it up on Facebook, on Instagram, you can text people. But if you do not put that effort to position yourself in a place to be transformed by God, you cannot expect God to work in your life. Because we got to position our places in the, in the right circumstances. And so you may be here and you may be thinking, well, pastor, you know, I, man, I, I'm tracking with you. I know that my spiritual life, I, I want to grow. I just, I just haven't taken the right steps. So, 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 pastor, what do you have here at church? Where, where can I position myself to grow spiritually? Because, man, I've been coming for a, for a while now, and I see everyone so passionate, loving Jesus, and I'm not there yet, but, man, I would love to grow. So where can I position myself? Well, here at Christ Fellowship, we have what we call a discipleship process. And it's a four-step process, right, that we believe that these are environments that we have created, right, waterfalls that we have created, where we believe if you position yourselves in those environments, you will grow spiritually. And here's the first environment that we have created here at Christ Fellowship for you to grow. The first one is the weekend services, the weekend services. You know, there's something special that takes place when God's people gather together to not only sing songs of praise and worship God, but also to receive a word. Listen, there is something that takes place where you're at with the people of God that God begins to transform you. And family, that is why we want to establish campuses in every community in Miami. So that people don't have to drive 30 minutes, 45 minutes to a campus, but in 15 minutes they could get to a place where they can not only meet Christ, but then position yourself to be transformed by God. All right? And so the first environment that we create at Christ Fellowship is our weekend services. The second environment we've created is our small groups, is our small groups. Now, small groups are our weekly Bible studies that they meet throughout the week, and we come together not only to study God's Word, right, but also to develop friendships with other believers, with other believers. Uh, in fact, many of the, the people, most of my friends that I have right now currently are all people who I've met in small groups. And the reason that we believe 
that small groups is such a critical environment for you is because even though your walk with Christ is purely personal, the people who you surround yourself with have a huge impact in your walk with him. Now let me repeat that. Even though your walk with Christ is purely personal, and it is, then one day you're going to stand before God by yourself, without, without your spouse, without your kids, without your aunt. Listen, it's going to be just you and the Lord. But until then, the people who you surround yourself with have a tremendous impact on either good, for, for the good of your spiritual life or for the bad of your spiritual life. So that is why we believe that Small groups is a place for you to be to form those friendships and to really grow in your walk. So that's the second environment. The third environment is our ministry teams. Ministry teams. You know, at all of our campuses, uh, both locally and globally, we have ministry teams every weekend where, we, where there's a team of volunteers who are here to serve you and serve the Lord. And so we have different ministries. We have kids' ministry uh, we have student ministry, uh, worship ministry, production, uh, guest services, parking, street team, setup, teardown. We have all these different ministries where you could, could, could get into those environments. And the reason we really believe that this ministry team is such an, another critical environment is because there's, there's something special when you start following the footsteps of Christ that you become more like him. You know, the Bible says that the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so there's something special that when you identify yourself with Christ and serve other people and give of yourself, that as you walk with him and serve other people, there's something that happens that you become more and more like him. And so the third environment we've created for you is ministry teams. Then last but not least is environments where you can share your faith. And we make different environments, big and small, for you to do that. You know, it starts off with our invite cards, right? We print these invite cards to give you the opportunity to invite someone to church at Starbucks, at a restaurant. It's easy conversation starter. Uh, maybe you share the gospel with your friend or a neighbor or a coworker. Uh, perhaps you've been on a, we create environments like an outreach with your small group where you can go and serve the community and, and, and love on people and share with people what God is doing in your life and what he wants in their life. Or maybe you want to go, go on a mission trip to one of our global campuses. And there you get to serve the people of that community and share the love of Christ with them. But the reason we also believe that you need to be in this environment sharing your faith is because if you've ever done it, right, if you ever share the gospel with someone or talk to someone about, about God at work, whoever, you know that your heart starts pumping a little bit, right? You get a little nervous and, you, you, you know, your heart starts pumping. But you know what? After you share your faith with someone, isn't it funny that it's interesting that, that right after you feel so good, Right? Like, man, you feel like God used you, and, and you feel great, and it's why? Because in the midst of you sharing what God has done in your life and what God has done for them, there's something that happens that just God starts 
working in you. And so these are the four environments that we have created for you here at Christ Fellowship where you can get connected. And if you've been here for, for some time, you notice, man, that we really focus on these things. In fact, the only things we will ever promote or talk about here at Christ Fellowship, it's either a weekend service, a small group, ministry team, or some sort of outreach to share your faith. Why? Because we believe these are the environments where God really grabs a hold of us and begins to transform us. But, you know, let me take the time, though, especially as we're talking about this, to clear up a common misconception. You know, many people think that the reason that we encourage you, right, to get in one of these environments is because we're the ones who benefit from it. In fact, I've heard people say when I follow up, people, it's like, oh, Pastor Roman, I'll be there on this Sunday, man. I'll be there to support you. Or, oh, Pastor Roman, don't worry, man. Yeah, I'll help out at church. Yeah, I'll help out at that outreach. And so I know that they mean well, right? They, they're not, they don't mean harm in the way they're phrasing it. But I do want to remind us this, that for 2,000 years, God has been building his church. And he will continue to build his church moving forward with or without you. The church will not be dependent on whether you decide to serve in a ministry or come to churches. And man, the church is moving forward with or without you. And so when we encourage you to join, it's not because we're trying to get any, something out of you. It's because it's for your own benefit. Listen, any benefit that we as a church family that we get from you being involved is simply a byproduct of the benefit that you receive when you get yourselves in the right environments. And if I could just take a moment just to, man, as a pastor, just be very, very just candid with you, okay? I just want to be very honest with you. Because the people who take most of our time as leaders and pastors with counseling and with problems and with issues and with concerns and all these different things are not people who are connected in these four environments. They're not. The people who take most of our time as leaders and pastors are the people who are not fully connected to these environments. And so they come to us hoping that us as pastors and leaders, that we can somehow fix the problems, and listen, we're just men just like you are. We, you know, we don't have any special gifting. But the reality is that you have not positioned yourself in the right environments to be transformed by God. You know, and as pastors, we have gotten really good, really good at detecting someone's spiritual state. And it's not because we're so smart or we have some special gifting from God or, you know, at seminary, you know, they, they covered us with oil and prayed over us. It's nothing like that. All we do is observe what environments you're in. And for the most part, is a direct reflection of your walk with him. Oh, but pastor, I'm mature. You don't know me. I'm the exception. 
how mature. I, I don't need to be in a small group. I don't need to serve. Well, how can you be that spiritually mature if you're not serving other people? I don't care how much, how mature you think you are. You need to ask yourself, am I practicing the basic commands in Scripture? And so the first sign, unfortunately, of someone who, who's, who's begun to, to struggle in their walk with God, you know, it's not that they go out and do some crazy thing or, you know, get into a sinful life, big sinful life. It's nothing like that. The first sign of someone who's struggling spiritually is that they have removed themselves from these environments. The moment they start removing themselves, we know as leaders that person's that person struggling spiritually. And, the, and, and from my experience, there's only been two primary reasons why people remove themselves of these environments. The first one is that usually they may be going through a difficult season in their life, maybe suffering, uh, maybe they're experiencing a disappointment in a relationship, career, whatever the case may be, and now they're discouraged, and they just don't want to go to church, and they don't want to go to a small group, or they don't want to serve a pastor, I'm just going through a really tough time, just be patient with me. And you know what happens? They remove themselves from these environments, and now they get even more discouraged. And more and more discouraged. And it's like a snowball effect. Their life just becomes worse and worse and worse. Their spiritual state. And you know what? When you are going through a hard time, when you are experiencing disappointment in life, family, that is the moment that you have to fight to, to maintain yourself in those specific environments. Why would you remove yourself at that critical moment? Listen, that is the time that we got to strive to stay connected with the people of God and in a place where God will continue to work in you. So that's the first reason. The second reason are the blessings of God. The gifts that God has given them. Oftentimes, we use the gifts the blessings of God as justification to remove ourselves from these environments. Oh, pastor, I just met this person. Oh, man, I've been waiting for them for such a long time. Oh, you know, I'm trying to build up this, this relationship, so I, I really can't serve that much anymore. Oh, I just got married, pastor. I, I got to work on my relationship with my spouse right now. It's early on in the marriage, so I can't be at small group anymore. Oh, we got kids. Oh, Pastor, you know how it is. We got little ones running around. I just can't be at weekend every, uh, church every Sunday. I'll just go once a month or twice a month, and that's enough. Or maybe you got a promotion in a job, you got a, a new job, you, something happened, and so, oh, pastor, you know, I've been working, I've been, my schedule changed, so now I just can't do any of these things. I can't really be involved now that i got a, a promotion at work or a new job. And the ironic thing is this. We use the blessings that God has given us. To justify us getting out of place of where God's working in us. And then, and then we get that phone call. 
or that text, Pastor, I got to meet with you. Man, my, 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 my marriage is struggling. Oh, you don't understand. That sin is creeping up again. And it's simple. You reap what you sow. You remove yourself from these environments, and you're going to reap what you sow. And so we cannot be deceived by the enemy that we can justify getting out ourselves out of these environments and expect our, our, our walk with the Lord to stay strong and continue to grow. It just doesn't make sense. But here's the, here's the amazing thing. Once you really work hard and you stay in these places where God is at work, listen to how the Apostle Paul finishes off. Listen to what he says. He says, for, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his what? His good purpose. Listen, folks, I don't know about you, but I want God's good purpose to be fulfilled in me. And the more that we grow spiritually, man, you not only see God working in you and through you, and the longer you are in these environments, the more your spiritual growth, you will see God's good purpose be accomplished in your own life, in your relationships, in your marriage, in things with your children, in things with that work, with your career, with your thoughts, with your mind. But family, we have to position ourselves in the proper place. Now, you may be asking the person next to you, man, why is Omar so passionate about this? Can I tell you why I'm so passionate? Because this was my life. Listen, for far too long, for far too long, I would just come to church once or twice a month. You know, if the weather was not too good or not too bad, if it was just right in the middle, then I'll go to church when it's convenient. When nothing else got, you know, then I went to church. But there was a moment in my life that I said, I'm tired of living this stagnant life. How long I'm going to live this lukewarm Christian life where I just kind of, you know, I know I'm saved. Yeah, I'm coming to church. I know God, but that's about it. So I made a decision, a decision that I was going to be at church as much as I could every weekend. It would be a priority in my life. I got myself in a men's small group. I started serving. Started off, by the way, in kids and production. That was when my two ministries started off. And I began to share my faith. And, and folks, listen, I, don't, I can't tell you exactly how it all works. But I'm telling you, the moment that I positioned myself in those environments, in all those environments, that is when God began to work in me. And the man that you see here today, I know I still have a long ways to go, but the man that you see here today, it's not because I was smart or hardworking, it's simply because I just was obedient to God. And I got myself in those environments. 
And so if you're here today and there's something that's tugging in your heart, you're saying, you know, Pastor, man, I'm, I'm just, I'm tracking with you, man. I, man I'm, I'm here on a Sunday morning and I see everyone worshiping and I just, man, I just know I need to take that step. Well, listen, here at CF, we make it really easy, okay? In, in fact, inside your worship folder, I think there is a worship folder, uh, an insert, there you go. Inside your worship folder, there's this little card that says, I am ready to join. I am ready to join. And in here, you have the option of joining a small group. You can check off whatever interests you or your ministry. And, uh, and, and then you can fill it out. And I just want to remind us that this is, you know, when you, if you fill this out, you're not signing up for life. This is you saying, you know what, I want more information about this. I want more information about joining a small group. I would like to know, you know, what are the steps for serving in the ministry. And in this upcoming week, someone from our team at your campus will follow up with you and give you all the information. But family, listen, if you are here today, remember, as pastors, it's, it's, it's not what we want from you. It's, it's what we want for you. Our, our, we want you to grow. So if you feel that tugging in your heart from God right now, that is called conviction. Don't ignore it. Take that step of faith. You said, you know what? I'm going to take that step. And I promise you, you will see God at work in your life. But you have to make a decision and take that step. And so I'm going to give us a few moments at all campuses with a band playing. Um, go ahead and take this time just to look at that time. Make it a spiritual moment. You know what? This is the time that I'm going to grow closer to God. And just fill that out, and I'll come back and give us some next steps, right? So just take that time right now, 20, 30 seconds, fill that out, and I'll give you some next steps. If you filled out that card at any of our campuses, let me just give you some qu easy next steps. So at each of our campuses, as you walk out today, there's going to be a next step booth. There's going to be volunteers that are there just waiting for you to, to, to receive you. Just stop by the next step booth. And when you get there, just give them this card and they'll follow up with you this week. All right? Super simple. They won't grab you big conversations, but we just want you to turn that in so that we can follow up with you all right so i'm going to call all the campus pastors to come up and i'm going to pray for us as they're coming up that god would work in our life can i do that yeah let me pray for us father we love you lord so much you are our heavenly father you care and are concerned for us and so father my prayer for all of us at all campuses right now is that as we hear your truth lord i pray that you would help us take this step of obedience whether it's joining a small group or a ministry, Father, I pray that you would work in us. And we know, Lord, that you always honor when we walk in obedience and when we take steps. 
And so, Father, I pray that for all of us, as we do, as we sign up, Lord, may you continue to work in us so that we can become more and more like your son. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Love you, Christ Fellowship. God bless you all. What a great message by Pastor Omar. If you made a decision to follow after Christ or to take your next step as a believer, we want to hear about it. Please visit cfmiami.org connect to fill out a connection card. We want to thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time.